Hey guys, welcome to Word Books with Friends, episode number six. And today we're continuing our talk about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with chapter six, The Journey from Platform Nine and Three Quarters. Uh, after last episode and last chapter's whirlwind introduction to the wizarding world through the eyes of Harry, uh, we get to talk about a little bit more wizarding world stuff. And Paul, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like we really need to do like a time jump in order to get ready for it because there's so much to digest as a reader from the last chapter. It's going to take me about a month <laughs> to get even get ready for more Wizarding World stuff. Well, you have to be you have to be in luck because, like we talked about last episode with chapter number five, uh, Harry spent the entire month of August back at home with the Dursleys, with the knowledge that okay, Harry now knows his heritage he knows where he came from now he's going where we never wanted him to go to this wizarding school uh and it's just kind of him trying to fly under the radar somewhere he was already just public enemy number one yeah uh there is another thing i want to mention here because dudley has to live with a pig's tail that's true for a month because the only interaction Harry really has with the Dursleys right now is to ask Uncle Vernon for a ride to London, in which he responds, I was going there anyways because we got a doctor's appointment to get rid of that darn pig's tail. So it's like, dude, how long does it take to get that just snipped? So, But uh, it seems like he's living the life, though, you know, just quietly up in his room. I think at this point, too... He does have a distraction from just that everyday kind of dredge that he had to go through because now he's got this pet owl that, you know, Hagrid got him that he's decided to name Hedwig uh, based out of a name that he found in the book History of Magic. Uh, And he's actually going through reading these books that he has to get for school because up to this point, he probably never had a book to read just on his own. I think he's kind of devouring them, right? Like, little in the potion, potion masters uh, chapter, he even mentions like, no, he's been reading his books. He just hasn't have them all memorized. And at this point, I try to do a little Google food to find out who Hedwig is actually named after. There's no mention of who this actual Hedwig is in the Wizarding World that Harry picked the name from. Just outside the normal like etymology of. Hedwig just being a German name. Like, there's no actual reference to, like, a Wizarding World Hedwig. Which is kind of sad. I guess I came up empty as well. Oh, yeah. It definitely is, since every other name is, like, we've kind of dissected and talked about, which Hedwig just seems seems to come out of left field. It's kind of a light chapter. But we do get introduced to uh, King's Cross in Platform 9 and 3 quarters which is a big deal in the wizarding world. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal here in the real world too, because if you actually go to King's cross station, they do have platforms nine and 10, and then they do have a sign for a platform nine and three quarters, which has become kind of a tourist destination spot. And actually outside of it, uh, they do have a little gift store where you can buy platform nine and three quarters or Harry Potter merchandise as well. Cause, uh, you know, one of our hosts over on Bang Board 
John, him and his wife went there on their honeymoon, and they actually took a train out of King's Cross Station. Uh, I have friends that are obsessed with Harry Potter and have been to King's Cross and taken pictures because they have like a fake luggage trolley set up, like going through the wall where you can snap a, a tourist photo there. That's great. I, I wouldn't have thought that they actually did that, you know, for just the fans. Like At that point, you know what? Lean into it because that's going to get people coming in. It's going to not necessarily put you on the map, but that's going to make you a destination for people that are just in town because they are Harry Potter fans. They do want to get that experience. We talked about it a little bit in the last chapter, but again, in the Wizarding World in Orlando, Florida, where I've been to, I haven't been to the actual King's Cross, but if you want to take the Hogwarts Express over, they do have a little snack station where you can get a Boddington's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Boddington's. It's a great pub. It's just nice to sit by and drink. I think they also have like, Guinness, and they might also have like Bass, too. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, something worth noting. Also, kind of a terrible move on the Dursley's part. As soon as they drop Harry off, and they're like, Well, we told you there's no platform at nine and three quarters, so uh, best of luck. Vernon and company kind of head on out and leave it up to Harry on his own to figure out what's happening. And we get here, like the whole family goes, too. Oh, yeah, they just, they just leave. <laughs> It's like, like Petunia stayed home. She's like, no, I'm going to watch this happen. And they all get out of the car to laugh at Well, her. also at that point, too, I think that's just fun for them. Well, it's it's like they're thinking it's his comeuppings for dropping a giant in their lap and giving their, uh, Dudley a pig's tail. Like, this is this is his their vengeance upon him. He, now he's going to have to try to find a way back to their house. But much like everything else in Harry's life, he lucks out and falls into some random happenstance where he overhears a uh, woman talking to a bunch of boys with red hair saying, packed with muggles, of course. And this is Harry's kind of, okay, hey, no, like maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe this is real. Uh, And this is his first introduction to the Weasley family, which you know, is going to change his life forever. Not just, you know, in this book with meeting his best friend, but also someone that's going to become his extended family from here on out because the Weasleys do really take him in. And eventually he builds his own family with, you know, the first Weasley daughter, Ginny. Uh, This is... And the first Weasley actually named in the book. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you're not old enough, Ginny. It's, It's the first actual name of any of the Weasleys to be, you know, written in the books. So I thought that was important. I'm like, oh, wow. It's Ginny is the first. It's not Ron's name. It's said the boy's mother. You know, everybody, you know, it's all kind of circumscript about who she's actually talking to because there's a bunch of boys. I did have one question here because the boys are, one of the boys is actually asking what's a platform number, which makes me feel like, you know, like at any kind of, train station or i guess airport a train won't just show up and a plane won't just show up at the same gate every single time it's like what's open at that moment so it just happens to be so i may it makes me feel like oh this year it's at platform nine and three quarters it could be at a different platform each and every so that that's possible but there's also a i don't want to say conspiracy theory but there's like a so online there exists a fan canon that Molly Weasley, the matriarch of the Weasley family, 
actually saw the interaction that happened between Harry and the Dursleys and knew that this kid was kind of just in over his head, left behind. It's his first year there. And that's the whole reason why she was talking out loud like, oh, packed with muggles. What platform are we going to? Giving Harry just kind of the heads up that like, oh, oh, maybe I should follow these people. Which I kind of like. I mean, there's kind of a sweetness to that. And it seems very much like possibly something that Molly would do after we get to know just the warmth of that character in the family. I don't even think it takes that long to I'm buying in just off of uh, how she reacts when uh, Fred and George come up and say, guess who we just ran into? Harry Potter. And she's like, oh, that boy that had trouble getting onto the platform. Like he was so polite when he asked me for directions. He was so nice. I'm like. Oh, yeah, that seems like something she would do. I mean, there's a lot of Weasleys, and I think they do a great job of just kind of giving you a glimpse into who these characters are within, like, you know, these three, four pages that you kind of have them interacting as they're trying to load everyone onto the plane, or plane, the train, uh, which, granted, is 10 minutes before it's supposed to leave. Because Harry does make mention that, like, after they wind up getting there, he only has 10 minutes to find the platform. Yeah, we get introduced to Percy, who's a prefect, and he's all proud of himself. Uh, we, friend George is kind of goofing around. Uh, we get Ginny, you know, crying because she's too young to go. I mean, again, Molly being just ever the mother, kind of like doting over everybody. Important, I mean, Ron, because right off the bat, oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry, Ron's new too. So... Harry kind of already has someone to kind of confide in at that point, where it's like, no, this is someone else's first time, too. I'm really not alone. And uh, I want to get back to that in a little bit, because I think that's a great bonding point and great thing that they're going to share together. Uh, But we get introduced in the middle of all this to one of the best characters in the whole series. A boy who has lost his code, everybody. (laughs) Neville, the Longbottom, uh, hanging out with his grand who he has to go up and say, Grant, I've lost my toad again. Well, also, I, I have a note about that, too, because we, we do see Neville a couple more times, but then also one of the other characters that they kind of fly in and introduce as Lee Jordan, who, again, both of them also going to be Gryffindor, so they're kind of feeding you those Gryffindor characters right up here at the front. Lee Jordan, you mean the kid with the tarantula? Uh, the kid with the tarantula, who also will go on to become the kind of announcer at the Hogwarts Quidditch matches. Uh, also will go on to grow up to be a star on Community and Gallivant. No, but the actor that plays Lee Jordan played Sydney on Gallivant, and then he was also Magnitude on Community. Pop, pop! So I'm always excited when I see him pop up in something. Really? No, fun fun fact. See, that's what you come to Word Books with Friends for. Uh, but yeah, it's a, lo- a lot of just craziness and people trying to load onto, onto the train. But something that kind of also struck me, and this is going back to the beginning of the chapter, where Harry spent the last month kind of pouring through his books so I don't think he should seem so blindsided by everything that comes at him from the wizarding world because he's had a month to go through the textbooks to at least get something. I mean, we already know he read History of Magic or at least flipped through it. Yeah. 
Did a little skimming. Did some skimming. But then again, this narrator isn't explaining things to us as the narrator. The narrator is explaining everything to us through Harry's eyes yeah. and, and thoughts. So it's you kind of have to keep it like introducing us as well. So you know, you need the fish out. Of, you need Harry to be the fish out of water still. Because even if you read it, experiencing it's a whole different thing. True, true. Like, you know, I've watched plenty of YouTube videos on how to fix my sink. <laughs> Trying to get it to actually stop blinking, it's a whole different thing, you know? Uh, and on the topic of whole different thing, there's also a Pottermore note in this chapter that when you click it, gives you just a little bit of information that uh, the Hogwarts Express, the train that takes people from King's Cross to Hogwarts, didn't always exist. And prior to that, students are just kind of expected to take whichever way they could to get to school. Again, weird world building doesn't need to exist, but again, one of those little facts that J.K. Rowling thought would be fun to throw out there and have people know. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens when you got, uh, you know, expensive uh, backers, expensive uh, alumni just able to fund trains for their, their old school. There you go. Uh, also, so as we continue on, as everyone's loading into the train, uh, Fred and George also recognize the scar. How do they do this? We don't know. Everybody knows about this. Look, who's the, who's the person that picked up Harry from the, the his house? What do you mean? It was Hagrid? Hagrid? Yeah. So you're saying Hagrid tells everybody. Oh, yeah. Come on. The guy is not very good at secrets, which we'll learn about soon, especially he, if he's at a... That's true. Yeah. You know, he's going to tell the tale. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, Harry, you recognize Harry off the bat. He's got the scar on his head. Oh, <laughs> that. You know? Chris. And who was hanging out at the bar constantly? I mean, it's... Probably with Harry. Yeah. Diggle. That's true. I mean, we already know he's a regular there, so it is possible. He's a regular there. So now now two people know the story. You know? Pretty soon it's five. Then basically the whole wizarding world. It spreads like wildfire. Oh, they... Sorry. They call it it fiend fire. See? That's how they destroy one of the horcruxes. Looking ahead. Book seven, guys. We're on it. Um, So not only do we get to meet this batch of Weasleys, but once they're actually on the train... Uh, Ron does mention that he also has two older brothers with Bill and Charlie, who will actually wind up meeting later on down the road as well. Um, but again, like it just for such a huge family, just to kind of knock through it really quick. I feel like I, I get enough to know about these characters. And then even in the next chapter, we get a moment where Hagrid asks Ron, you know, Oh, how are your brothers doing? And, Ron just has a, m- a moment where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Charlie's working with dragons on it. And then Hagrid's like, oh, yeah, he's always great with animals. Like, it's those little moments that just seal that world building. And she does such a great job of it. And as soon as you find out more about these characters, especially later on, because, you know, Goblet of Fire, we get more about dragons. We learn more about them because, you know, Charlie's there. Fantastic. And Chris, to answer your uh, question, I think we get an answer a little bit here. Bill, working over in Egypt, or Gringotts, mm-hmm. you know, th- so they got they got 
places all over the world. Man, this Weasley crew, worldwide. Worldwide. And you got Ron, who's living in the shadows. Like, uh, you know, I had an older brother growing up. I'm a middle child. And my older brother was two years older than me. So, you know, he basically, a lot of times I had the same teachers he had. And he was very studious, very polite, very had to work very hard to get the grades he did. And he was an A student. Me? Not so much. I'm more the Fred and George kind of student. Like, but I could pull off a solid B, sometimes a solid C plus, without, you know, doing much effort or work, which always came to a sharp, a sharp uh, surprise to all my teachers. So I kind of know what Ron's walking into here. He's going to a school where there's basically four brothers before him. He's the fifth in line. So there's a lot of expectations built up. And for Harry, I think he latches on to that. He sees a, you know, kindred spirit. Like, oh man, everybody thinks I'm going to have to do so well. Ron's thinking kind of the same thing. Like, hey, I got to live up to my brothers. You know, we had, you know, Percy's a prefect. Um, was it Bill or Charlie that was the Quidditch captain? Oh, uh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie was captain of Quidditch, yeah. They've all made their way through Hogwarts and made a name for themselves. And here comes Ron. So they they both have that similar burden. And I think uh, what's really great is that Harry recognizes that and wants to learn as much about his, you know, from Ron about his world as possible. And Ron is just as fascinated with Harry because he's so famous. And I love that Harry goes out and just, you know, decides, hey, let's have a good time together. I've never been able to eat any of this food. Like, I just want a couple Mars bars. Let's share it. I've never had anything to share with. In addition to that familial burden that Ron's carrying with him, we also find out that Ron has a pet rat that he's bringing with him to school. Again, Scabbers. Scabbers. Rats not approved on the Hogwarts shopping list of pets that you can bring with you. It's cat, owl, or toad. For some reason, rat's okay. Maybe because it belonged to Percy before. Maybe... Maybe they made a special exception for this. Uh, but something we're going to learn, you know, two books from now. Uh, Scabbers actually isn't a rat at all, but an animagus. Uh, and he's Peter Pettigrew, one of the lost members of the, the Marauders. Long thought dead. I'm definitely thinking it's Percy's rat. So technically Percy, I guess, would be allowed to have one. Being a prefect? Kind of, yes. Yeah. And Ron's just kind of holding on, <laughs> holding on to him because he needs some sort of familiar for whatever he's in being a first year. And at least it's not a toad. <laughs> right? Everyone looks down on toads. Uh, but we also get our kind of what you're moving into with the ever present trolley lady on the Hogwarts Express uh, bringing by a bunch of crazy foods and candies that Harry's never seen before. Harry winds up paying 11 silver sickles and seven bronze nuts for everything. And using the conversion method that we discussed in the last episode, Paul, how much do you think Harry pays for pretty much the one of everything? You know, just a little bit of each, you know. Uh, I'm guessing somewhere in the realms of $17 and some odd cents. So with the wizard conversion rate, it's basically $4.36. Again, this is in 1991, so things might be a little bit more expensive now. Uh, But again, like you said, this is something that Harry's more than willing to share uh, with his, you know, doesn't know yet, but his his 
first best friend with Ron. Ron, you know, offers up one of his corned beef sandwiches, which I'm really thinking a Weasley corned beef sandwich is probably a lot better than Ron leads on. Well, Ron doesn't know that it, how good he has it with the home cooking. I, I don't know. I go somewhere and I see, you know, corned beef on the menu. I'm going to get the corned beef. Uh, delicious. And uh, then we get them ripping into some, to some chocolate frogs as well. And uh, there's a whole baseball card collector's mentality here, you know, where Ron's, you know, very proud of his the collection that he's established. This is kind of also where Harry starts learning that there's famous witches and wizards, one of whom being Dumbledore, who has the card that he pulls from the chocolate frog. Uh, we learn Ron's missing two chocolate frog cards, Agrippa and, oh my gosh, where is I wrote it down here, uh, Ptolemy. Cornelius Agrippa was actually a wizard who was an author who wrote a lot of books about uh, magic and wizards in the 15th century uh, and was later imprisoned by muggles because they found his writing to be evil. Uh, And this is all coming from Pottermore as well as the magical mystery game that you can download on your phone if you want to play that. Uh, No further mentions of the wizard Ptolemy in any sort of Wizarding World media, though. So it's kind of fun how some stuff pops up again and some stuff doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of threads. And again, it's all fake history. None of this matters. I mean, some of the stuff, the only reason I've ever looked into it is just because we're doing a podcast. And then as I'm reading the chapter, I'm like, well, who's this wizard? Like, where do they come from? Uh, So it looks like some of it's just, you know, not important enough to even give that kind of like footnote to the history. And then if you were trying to start your own chocolate frog uh, card collection, though, uh, you'll be happy or sad to learn that there isn't actually that many to collect. Yeah, there's not too many. You basically have Dumbledore and then the founders of the Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. They've introduced some more professors and famous wizards since then. Like At the Wizarding World at Universal Studios, every year they used to have the celebration of Harry Potter where... It was just kind of a reason to get fans to come down, get dressed in cosplay. They would have an exhibit there from the actual like Warner Brothers studio where they would bring down props and costumes so you could take a look at that kind of stuff. But they would have a like a dueling demonstration and like how to from the person that actually developed the wand combat. It was like a free thing to do at the park. Uh, but they would also introduce and put out like a new Chuckle Frog wizard card each year. So I don't have too many of them. I think I only have like two reason being it's $12 to buy a chocolate frog. It's just a piece of chocolate. There's nothing fancy about it except for the box that comes in and then the card beneath it. Uh, it's not high on my list of things to get when I go to one of the wizarding worlds, because I'm more likely to get a butter beer or one of the delicious beers that they have from Florida beer company. When I go there, because you know, that's kind of who I am as a person. I don't need like another thing to have as much as I want it. I would just rather have like a good fun experience out and about in the park. Yeah. And a butter beer. And also I think a beer all run about 12 bucks. So, uh, yeah, probably around there. Yeah. So not wrong. Enter Hermione Granger. <sighs> She's hanging out with uh, Neville trying to find a frog and man, what an entrance to that she overstayed her uh, 
welcome there as she kind of butts in. It's like, uh, you know, what's going on in here? Who are you? What's going on? Like inquisitive. And she kind of talks about the Hogwarts houses a little bit as well, asking them who she thinks they're going to be sorted with. And I'm surprised that she's leaning towards Gryffindor and not towards uh, Ravenclaw. Oh, well, well, we'll talk about that in the next chapter, chapter number seven with the sorting hat. But I think at this point you learn that Gryffindor is kind of the the hot house to be in. Like that's your that's your goal if you're not like a crappy kid like Draco who wants to wind up in Slytherin. Or be, again, because you know that's what your family's always done. And we get more talk about Quidditch. This is where we find out again through the conversation uh, where the break in at Gringotts actually happened the day that. Harry and Hagrid were actually there. Voldemort doesn't take over Quill's body until after. No, yeah, it's not until after that where he's like, oh, you failed me on this. Now I don't trust you with it. I'm going to latch on. But fun to mention. Uh, but then we we get the actual introduction now of Draco Malfoy, as well as his cronies slash friends, Crabbe and Goyle, who are going to be like a constant thorn in Harry's side through the rest of the series. And then as we wind up learning, uh, I'll come from families of dark wizards with the death eaters. Yeah. And this is where he comes in and wants to actually introduce himself. And he wants to make friends with the most famous person on the train, you know, just because it's part of who he is. He, he needs to be the center of attention a little bit. I think Draco, he needs to be the most important person. So, to be the most important person, let's introduce myself and become friends. And then, uh, man, Harry just shoots him down. But that's enough to set off Draco on his way. Only because you get the feel that he is that petulant child where whatever he wants, mommy and daddy are going to kind of bow to it. He's got friends that aren't as important to him. So of course they're going to bow to whatever he says to begin with. Um, luckily, uh, Scabbers is there to save the day for some reason. He just bites uh, Goyle's knuckle. Just right on the knuckle. Uh, but we get, this is also where we get the first glimpses into kind of that bigger world where Ron tells Harry that like, oh no, my dad told me that you know, they're the Malfoys, they're bad. As soon as the Dark Lord disappeared, they were the first family to be like, no, we're back. You know, oh, that wasn't us. Something happened. But, you know, Arthur Weasley, who will meet later on doesn't believe it and i think this is the first real thing where you kind of get that like no you should probably listen to weasleys they're they're on the up and up harry even says like i i think i can tell the wrong sort which just that knife into to draco's back there basically from then on out it's them getting changed into their robes and getting right up to the castle where uh we get them, you know, Hagrid already. And, you know, who uh, who's the only character that Hagrid talks to? Neville. Uh, you know, everybody here? <laughs> got your, you still got your toad? All right. Let's so I think at this point, too, because Neville's lost his frog so bad that they just eventually find it in, like, one of the boats. I think they're just really selling Neville as just that. Meh. Yeah, character. And I think Nell's growth throughout the next six books is there to mirror Harry's. 
so much that when they do finally introduce the fact that like, no, there's this prophecy that, you know, there is a chosen one. It could apply to either Harry or Neville. That at that point you start thinking back like, oh, well, no, yeah, Neville's been there all along. And as we get to in the sorting hat, uh, Neville's also placed in Gryffindor when up to this point, it seems kind of why, because Neville's not that brave, strong and true type character, but the person that he grows into, you can definitely understand why. And luckily we don't need to wait that long for the sorting hat because it's the very next chapter and therefore the very next episode of word books with friends. So join us next time. Will you?